Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. So last time, last time I spoke, I spoke on hell. And I spoke on hell for a reason, and that's because uh, the doctrine of hell is under an attack today. It's been under attack for centuries, but it's reemerged itself to be uh, under attack today. And so um, I talked about, about hell because there are some influential pastors today who are trying to tell people that there is no hell, God is love, and there is no hell. And I think, wow, good luck in trying to instill the fear of the Lord into your people. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Talk about fear. Every time I come home... <laughs> Every time I come home, and Jackie, my daughter Jackie, Jackie, raise your hand. There's, my, there's, there's Jackie. There's the culprit right there, my younger daughter. She picks, she picks my wife and I up from the airport. She's, she's always got a big sign, you know, like this. She's, she's holding a sign like this, and, and um, it's so embarrassing. Uh, what, what, there's one sign, welcome home. Mom and Dad from rehab, we're so proud of you. I mean, it's stuff. You remember that? Remember that sign? Yes. So here's the sign. <laughs> I can't believe. So here's the sign that she she's holding up at the air, and you, mind you, people are looking and her. It's embarrassing. So here's the sign that she has. <laughs> Can, can you see it? It's nuts. Congrats on on the mail order bride, Dad. Welcome to our new home, Mom. <laughs> mail order bride. Yeah, you're right. She's got the humor of her mother, I'm telling you. So I'm going to be speaking about heaven today. <clears throat> what will heaven, what will it be like in heaven? Uh, there have been many articles and books written about heaven, and I really believe once you get to heaven, in the first 10 minutes, you're probably going to know more about heaven than all the books and articles ever written. Once you get to heaven. And that's our ultimate hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this good time when I get to share with my friends. And God, I pray that this is an uplifting message because it's a place that you promise. It's a place of promise. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe this is the Word of God? You see, if you don't believe that the Bible's the Word of God, everything I said about hell goes over your head. Everything I'm going to say about heaven will go over your head. You have to believe that the, the, this is the word of God. And so what's written in here is true and it's applicable. It's applicable to all generations. Okay, at least at least the, the parts that don't deal with the temple and stuff like that. Okay, so Marty Spilchus. How many of you never heard of Marty Spilchus? Raise your hand. A few of you never heard of Marty Spilkes. Okay, here's what you need to do. Ask somebody around you, who is this Marty Spilkes? 
Okay, so Marty Spilch has told me a story about a pastor and a taxi cab driver, and they both died, and they went to heaven. St. Peter was at the pearly gates waiting for them. Come with me, said St. Peter to the taxi cab driver. And so the taxi cab driver did as he was told and followed St. Peter to a mansion. It had it had, it had everything you could imagine. It had a bowling alley, had a swimming pool, everything you can imagine. It was just a wonderful place. Wow, thank you, said the taxi cab driver. Next, St. Peter led the pastor to a rugged old shack with a bunk bed and a little television, eight-inch television set. Wait. Said, said the pastor, I think you mixed things up a little bit. He said, shouldn't I be the one to get the mansion? After all, I'm a pastor. And I went to church every day. And the, uh, St. Peter said, yeah, it's true. But during your sermons, people slept. While the taxi cab driver, when he drove, everybody prayed. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't my best one, but <laughs> let's get serious. Okay, so the, uh, the, the Hebrew word for heaven, this is a really interesting. The Hebrew word for, for, for heaven is um, Shemaim. Shemaim, and, and uh, Shemaim is, is, is a dwelling place for, for God, it's, it's, it's where heavenly beings and the righteous dead are at. It's interesting that, that, the, that, the, Bible, that the word Shemaim is a, is a plural word. You knew that? Yes. It's a, it's a, heaven is a plural word. And uh, that's because there's three heavens. The first heaven is, is our earth atmosphere where the birds fly. The second heaven is what we call outer space, and the third heaven is where God and his angels dwell. In 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul mentions being caught up to, a, to paradise, which is actually a different part of, of heaven. Okay, so there's actually three heavens, Shemaim. I want you to picture this. Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to be with them just a little longer, and where he's going, they cannot follow Jesus then gives them a new commandment that they should love one another just as he has loved them. Peter, who must have been in uh, trouble, asked Jesus, where, where are you going? Jesus told Peter that where he was going, uh, they could not yet follow, but they would later join him to the place he was going. Peter was so troubled and said, Lord, why can't I follow you? So let's pick up the story now in the conversation in John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Now, that was the NIV version. In the King James Version, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. The Amplified Version says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places or homes. 
Well, the Greek word that has been translated many rooms, many mansions, and many uh, uh, dwelling places is a word whose root word, uh, meno, means to stay in a given place. So regardless of its Greek interpretation, I feel safe in saying Jesus has prepared a place for his disciples to be with him. I mean, whether it's a, a room, a mansion, a house, okay, I just want to be there. Can we get an amen on that one? Amen. Okay, good one. Okay, so most theologians believe uh, John 14, verses 2 to 4, is actually a euphemism for heaven. And Paul also used a euphemism to describe heaven. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. A house not built by human hands. A dwelling not built by human hands. Now the writer of Hebrews refers to heaven a few different ways. In Hebrews 2.5, it is not to angels that he has uh, uh, subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. The world to come. The world to come. Heaven. Hebrews 11, verse 9 and 10, and then we'll jump to 15 and 16. By faith he, who is he? That's Abraham. By faith he, Abraham, made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, heirs of the promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them, a city for them, a place for them. Apostle John had this to say about heaven in Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there is no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now is the dwelling of God. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will, uh, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. So the bottom line here is heaven is a place. Heaven is a place of promise. It's a place believers will inherit. And heaven is a place where Jesus promised to prepare for us. Now let's turn the boat a little bit, okay? Stay with me. It's interesting that the scriptures tell us more about what we will not be doing in heaven than what we will be doing in heaven. Uh, Marty Spilkes walked up to his pastor, and he said, Pastor, you think I can chew tobacco in heaven? Pastor thought for a second, yeah, you could chew tobacco in heaven, but you got to spit in hell. 
<laughs> that was a good one. So what do we really know about heaven? All we know about heaven really is what is in the scriptures. And, and I got some of these points, in fact, most of these points from a book that I read from a friend of mine named R.T. Kendall. Now, heaven is a place of restoration of what was lost in the fall of the Garden of Eden. A place of restoration. So what does that mean? In Acts 3.21, we must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Time of restoration. Revelation 21.5. He, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Everything new. Now, here's an interesting tidbit, little, little rabbit trail about heaven. And it's found in Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. Then the angel saw me uh, saw the river of water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the great city street of a city on each side of the river stood the tree of life hearing 12 crop um, hearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. So here's the little tidbit. Tidbit In John's description of heaven, he makes no mention of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's not in there. Just think. In heaven, we will be worshiping like Adam did before the fall. Except we will be worshiping with a thankful heart of gratitude. Why gratitude? Because we no longer carry the, the heaviness of sin. Heaven is a place where all the people of God who ever lived will dwell together. Together. Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your, and your blood was ransomed. Uh, has ransomed people for, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So this tells me that all the old covenant saints like, like Moses and Elijah and all the new covenant saints who are justified by the blood of Jesus will dwell together, will together in heaven. There will be no racism in heaven. There will be no anti-Semitism in heaven. There will be none of that stuff in heaven. And that's wonderful. Heaven is also a place where everyone will be glorified like Jesus. This does not mean that we're all going to look like Jesus. It means that each person will have the same identity they had on earth. The same identity. We're going to be able to recognize each other. To the believers in Corinth, the Apostle Paul wrote, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, we don't see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. So the fact of the matter is, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, his looks really didn't change. 
and he was, re uh, rec he was recognized even by the scars on his body and his hands. He was totally recognizable. In Philippians 3.20, But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of a Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. I know what you might be thinking. Frank, uh, does this mean our glorified bodies will include our deformities and scars, and baldness, and stretch marks, and stuff like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, th I think Jesus will be the only one, this is just my opinion, I think he'll be the only one who will have scars. Why? To remind us of how we got to heaven in the first place. By his horrible death on the cross. So when I say that we'll be like Jesus in heaven, I'm not referring to his appearance. I'm referring to his sinlessness, which is the most important aspect of glorification. Now here's an interesting thought. And this, this, thought, this, this comes from St. Augustine, uh, who wrote of the four stages of humans. Number one, he says the first stage is a man was created able to sin. Stage two, after the fall, man was unable not to sin. Stage three, after, after uh, regeneration, man was not able to sin, and number, stage number four, after glorification, man will not be able to sin. So when you're in heaven, you don't have to worry about sinning because you're not going to be able to sin. Wrap your head around that one. Heaven is a place where there's no financial worries. There, there is no sadness. Do you understand what I'm saying about financial worries? Sure. Sadness, certainly you understand that. In Revelation 21.3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There is no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the for the old order of things has passed away. Woo-woo! No taxes. No loneliness. No jealousy or envy. No anger or bitterness. Nor dishonesty of any kind. None of that. Heaven is a place of continual gratitude and worship. Well, Frank, you think there'll be Preaching in heaven? I don't know. I don't know. But this I do know. There'll be no altar calls. <laughs> heaven is a place where there is no darkness. Because it's always light. 
Revelation 21, 22. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed in the, in the uh, end of day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be, will be allowed to enter, nor anything who practice same, a shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You think it's important to have your name written in the Lamb book, it's a Lamb's book of life? I would say so. Now, your, your name written in the Lamb's book of life doesn't happen when you die and go to heaven. It happens here on earth today. And if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life today, when is it going to get written? See? It's while we're still breathing here on earth that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And you want to make sure it stays there doesn't get blotted out. Lastly, heaven is a place that will last forever. It will last forever. The bottom line is this. God does not want us to fix our eyes on the temporary small picture of this world. Instead, he wants us to fix our eyes on the eternal big picture of heaven. And if we'll do that, while working out our salvation, we will experience that eternal place that Jesus prepared for us. While I'm putting the sermon together, I'm thinking, boy, I sure hope I make it to heaven. I sure hope I make it to heaven. I really do. I like excitement. This is going to be the, this is going to be the journey of all journeys. When I, when, when I breathe my last breath, to be absent the body, to be present with the Lord. Wow. Wow. I'm not going to have to worry about my weight in heaven. We'll probably eat cake in heaven. Of course, it'll be angel food cake. <laughs> but what a journey. And you know what? If we, if we focus, if we really keep focused on heaven... We could put up with a lot of garbage here on earth. You realize that. You stay focused on heaven. People who backslide and walk away from what they know to be true in the faith, I'm telling you, their eyes are not focused on heaven. You keep your eyes focused on the eternal and your chances for drifting are a minimum. There's a, a song we used to sing years ago. You may know it. It's, uh, we, we don't sing the song anymore, but I like it. It's a song of commitment. Put it up there. It goes like this. If you know it, sing along with me. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. I love that song. What are you going to turn back to? Everything before us, eternity, is positive. Who wants to go back? I don't want hell. I forget hell. I, I want heaven. You say, well, well, I don't want to preach another sermon. <laughs> so we'll end right here. Let's all stand together, please. This is a, I'm just going to do it in English. The, uh, the blessing that God gives uh, Aaron and his sons to, to pass on to the people. It's God blessing us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace. Knowing that when you committed your life to Jesus Christ and you're walking in his ways, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And only those whose names are written in that book will be in heaven. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.